Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Morning, Wayne. Hope you and your sons enjoyed watching Messi last night here in L.A. in a box with Candace Parker and her daughter. Wish I could have been there. A little too late past my bedtime. But now we are back. We're ready to unleash after storing up a week's worth of extreme opinions. So for me, tweeting on vacation is one thing, but being back at this desk facing Keyshawn Johnson is quite another. You're looking refreshed. Looks like you got some rays. Did you yeah, get a couple uh, rays? Yeah. I'm a little yeah. Alex Rodriguez right about that. All right, all right. I didn't, I didn't fall asleep, though, but for some yeah. reason, Skip, I, my skin's a little different. Okay, well, it looks vibrant. Yeah, yeah, it's just oh, glowing. God. It's glowing. Oh, it looks That's like you're ready. when you go on vacation right. in the sun. I, I ain't getting it. <laughs> all right, here we go. Starting with the Lakers, who shockingly failed to show up for a national TV game yesterday in Phoenix, gave up 45 in the first quarter, never really threatened to make a game of it against the Suns team without Bradley Beal. In the Valley of the Sun, the Suns sunned the Lakers, again raising questions about Darvin Ham and Anthony Davis and whether LeBron is striving for greatness or just pretty goodness at this stage of his career. Of course, the Lakers blame the refs. Phoenix shot 19 free throws compared to just eight for L.A., zero in the second half. The eight attempts were a season low for the Lakers, tied the fewest free throw attempts in any game for the Lakers since LeBron signed with them in 29, uh, excuse me, 2018. So here are LeBron and Darvin Ham on not getting calls. A lot of people just, you know, a lot of coaches, a lot of teams, like that's all the Lakers do is get to the free throw line. There's like this narrative out there that that's all we do is get to the free throw line. I mean, we have attackers. That's what we do. I mean, we, we have attackers. Yeah, we shoot the ball from the, from the perimeter, but we're not shooting 40, 50 threes a game. I mean, we're not that team. We don't have the luxury of being that team. I'm not one to use referees as excuses, as an excuse, I should say. Um, but. It's, 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 it's becoming increasingly tough because of the inconsistency. I'm seeing our guys get the same contact on them as we're uh, uh, supposedly committing, and it's, the whistle is not being blown. Uh, okay, I have a whole lot to say about all that, but I first passed the ball to Keyshawn, lifelong Lakers fan. Grew up here in L.A. Life Your biggest complainer. takeaway, or are you about to complain, or are you about to give them a pass for what you just saw yesterday? Well, let's start off with the free throws, right. since that's what we ended with. Mm-hmm. Second half, zero. Zero free throws. Zero attempts. Mm-hmm. Damn, making them, they had zero attempts. Zero This is attempts. the first time in LeBron James-led team since 2015 
that this has happened in the second half of a game. Okay. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Mm. We know when you look at the, 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 uh, the double-digit points, we know that LeBron James is pounding down low. We know that Anthony Davis is pounding down low. We know uh, Rui is pounding down low. All of these things are happening within the paint, but we can't get we can't get a ticky tack file. We can't get a a missed call, a makeup file. Like we can't get any of that. You're gonna sit here and tell me that the Lakers are complaining that they all they that they're complaining now about getting fouls. Mm. Well, it's true though, Skip. Mm. It's it's true. It's right in front of us. That's not the reason that they lost the game. Mm. The reason that they lost the game is because they simply just didn't play well at, in the second half. The yeah. front the front line guys they did. They did pretty good. I mean, the five starters, what I mean by that is they all were in double digits in terms of points. Okay, you look at LeBron James, for instance, he was 19 or 12 from the field goal. 17, seven, Anthony Davis was 11 from 17. You start looking at those numbers, D'Angelo Russell was 8 of 14. So they played well, the front line guys. Mm-hmm. The bench didn't play well. Yeah. They didn't play well at all and didn't give them necessary help. And Phoenix is not chopped liver. Let's not, let's not forget there is... A, a guy on the team named Kevin Durant. And then there's another guy named Booker. Okay, so we didn't lose to a team that you just scratch your head and go, what happened here? This isn't some bad team. This is one of the top teams that could potentially come out of the West. So you can tip your hat off to that. You can make all excuses in the world. You know, when you talk about the free throw attempts this year alone, the Lakers in free throw attempts a game is six. Free throws differential in, in a game that first in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. How could, how could that not be the second half of this particular game? If this was all happening during the season, all of a sudden it goes away against the Phoenix Suns. I don't understand that. Huh. And then you say, well, people looking at Darwin Ham and Anthony Davis all of a sudden now. Okay, they didn't play well as well as they had prior to the All-Star break. They were playing extremely well. Now all of a sudden, doesn't look that way, but you can't do nothing with it now. You got to ride it out. Mm. You can't do anything to the end of the season in the summertime if you make that decision that you want to move on from either one or both or whatever the case is. So raising that up right now is just a moot point as far as I'm concerned. They got to focus in on winning, coming out of the ninth spot, trying to increase into that top five spot because they're not far off. To slide into, I don't know, six, five, six spot, what are they, three games out of that spot? Mm -hmm. So it's not they're not way off, Skip, at all. I'm not ready. If you want me to cancel the season, that's not going to happen. Okay. All right. I hear everything you just said. But don't get me started on the Lakers and free throws. Don't get me started on what I saw yesterday because I've told you before, having covered this league since the 70s when I covered your Los Angeles Lakers here for the L.A. Times in L.A., referees will react to what they see in your aggression level from the start of a game, and they will respond accordingly to it. It's subliminal, it's psychological, but it's a fact that over time it will happen that they will give you breaks at the free throw line if you create your breaks with effort and energy. And from the start, it is inexcusable that that team showed up for that game on national TV. It was on ABC National at 1230 here, 3.30 Eastern time, and gave up 45 first quarter points to a team without Bradley Beal. And if you look at the Phoenix Suns this year, 
They have struggled offensively without Bradley Beal, but they did not struggle in the first quarter yesterday because 45 is a lot of points. Because if you start doing the math of four times 45 for a game, but what does that have it's to do not with free pretty. Throws, Skip? Okay, they're not ready to play. They came out lifeless and deadheaded the way they have fairly routinely through the year when you least expect it. When I think they're starting to, to get a hold of it, this happens. And what what damned them for the season, what, what indicted them for the season was in those, what was it, six games they played in the in-season tournament, culminating seven. seven, was it seven games, culminating with the championship game against the Indiana Pacers. Over those games, they ranked number one in the NBA in defense. So I saw it with my own eyes. You saw it with your own eyes. You are capable of doing that. They've been capable of doing okay. a lot of things all yeah, year long. All this year has, long. What you're saying has nothing to do yes, it, it has with everything the free throws. To do. Yes, it does. How? Okay, so w- w- what what happened with LeBron? So he's going to the free throw line yesterday, and he makes one of four. So so he's dead. So they're just the not going to call him anymore because okay. he's one of four. I have given you this over time. I've told you that he deserves more calls than he gets, but his free throw shooting is still so pathetic. But you also it, it is me. Keyshawn. I'm not going to give him a pass today because he brought it up and he said, "Well, I think the narrative is we get to the free throw line. The narrative is that that you're right at your career average." from the free throw line, and it's pathetic. It's 73.5%. You told me me once before, Skip, you told Mm -hmm. me they don't call free throw. I mean, they don't call fouls. Mm On LeBron because yeah. they don't want him. No, to they go they to the know he's not. A, he's a lousy free throw. So shooter. they don't call. Okay, him? remember back in the day when James Harden would get every call, he was shooting ninety percent from the free throw line. Kevin Durant gets calls because he's a. So they're gonna reward you. Career ninety percent. So you, so you get ready to sit up here and talk. I, I'm me not sitting up here. You? I'm telling you what you, the deal you're is. You're gonna tell me they're gonna reward you. This is the because you make free throws. Absolutely. For you. Do you know how? I've never heard such a thing about life. How, do you know how terrible it is to shoot 73.5% when you are the all-time leading scorer in the we history of the league? We all understand, Skip. We all understand it's, that LeBron it's James. It's pathetic. We all, we all we're, understand we're he's not Steph Curry at the free throw line. We all understand that. Or, or he's not even Michael Jordan at the but, free okay, throw line. Because Michael but, shot 84% and LeBron stuck at 73.5% and he's still there. How do you not improve over 21 years from the free throw line? And that's what's happening. That's why he doesn't get calls because they're saying you're a lousy free throw shooter. I can't believe that you really believe it. No, I know it. I've been doing this for a long time. This is a big deal among coaches. You don't get calls because you're a lousy free throw shooter. It's happening. Do you know how? I've never heard. And I've been. I probably hadn't been. Involved in covering basketball since the 70s. Do you know how many points? Do you know how many points he's left on the table? What have I always called him? He's the greatest driver of the basketball I have ever seen. Skip. And yesterday, he did take different though. Yeah. You're telling me about missed free throws. I'm trying to tell you about opportunities to miss the free throw. All right. He's so, not getting the opportunity, at least last night. Okay. They so, did not get the opportunity to even miss the free throws. So in attempts this year, they're sixth to LeBron's points. So yes. they're sixth in attempts. Yes. But they're 18th in free throw percentage. So 72%. Okay, so and that what? gets dragged down by the, the guy season. who gets to shoot the most free throws. The conversation's throws, right? about last I know, night. I know. I got it. You're trying and, to and, convince me okay. that the refs sit back in their meetings okay. and say, well, Let's no. not call fouls on them because no, they're they not going to make them it. anyway. They just know because they really what? know oh. the game. So they really? Yeah. yeah. I can't believe that you said no. it and said that. Uh, they they're not really calling. Know. 
This has been going on for years and years. And it went on yesterday because they came out and gave up 45 in the first quarter. And the refs are like, if you guys don't want to play, we're not going to bail you out. That's what happened yesterday. We're not going to bail you out. They play no defense because most of the year, as you know, I brought up again and again, little known fact, for much of the year, the Lakers give up the most three-point shots in games. So they that play little to no defense. Now they, well, they've, not, they've moved up slightly to, to no 28. If somebody's pulling the trigger on you and popping down threes, it okay. doesn't mean you're not but, playing but defense. I, that just means you're not getting out fast enough okay. for them to knock down the threes. You're going up against a good three-point okay. shooting team. When you got Booker and you got Kevin Durant that's extremely wet at the bottom of the bucket, Yeah. and if you don't get out, you know in who front was, of them. Guess who was it, extremely wet hit. yesterday? Grayson Allen and yes, Royce O'Neal. But Grayson Allen can hit threes, though. Okay, That's all, all he right, basically so, can do so is let's, trip people. Let's quickly see what damage those two did, because each of them made six threes on your team because you play no defense. It's LeBron not. LeBron couldn't get there, and that was Royce You can't O'Neal. get there. Look, you got to go this. around look the dude. They didn't get out okay, and cover look, it. Look, look at these. That, Come that on, man. The dude had his hand in front of him. Royce O'Neal, LeBron's late. Okay. Uh, Grace and Allen, LeBron the, is they're late. They're spreading the LeBron floor and they're kicking to Torian the dudes. Torian Prince is late. But they're spreading the floor and they're kicking Torian to the Prince dudes. Torian Prince is late. Skip. Uh, Grace and Allen is open. And Grace and Allen is open. AD, you got to get there, get a hand up. That time, it, it, Austin Reeves got a hand up, and that was the dagger at the end of the game from Royce O'Neal. And Royce O'Neal again. It's just pathetic how many open three-point shots you see against the Lakers because – Remember, on three-point attempts offensively, they're dead last in the league, so they don't try to shoot that many threes. They're a decent three-point shooting team if you look at their percentage, but they don't try that many threes. So what's happening is, in games like this, you're, you're going to get killed at the three-point line because they actually shot it pretty well themselves from the three-point line and made 15. Yeah, 40, 40, they made 15. They you know, that's, were at 42%. Okay, that, that'll work. But you, get, you can't give up 17. Yes, 17, and your getting, average of allow, it, you allow 14 If they catching and shooting and they can't get out there, yep. that's not because it's lousy defense. Mm. That's because the shooter has it in his hands and it's gone. Mm. They're not giving you an opportunity to get out there. They're spreading the floor on okay. them. They're hitting into the corners. Those are corner threes. Those are That is a very difficult situation if you're not already out there to run okay. from the key or wherever they are lined up defensively mm-hmm. to get out underneath it. Okay, so... Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal go 12 of 22 from yes. three. What do you think is going to happen? Yes. You're going to lose at Phoenix, even well, without Bradley Beal. It sounds egregious because the names that you attach that's, to the threes. That's what it you're It sounds attaching. egregious. Yes, it does. Because you don't expect for them. But Grayson Allen mm-hmm. actually can shoot threes. He's not a bad no, three-point shooter. He's a good NBA basketball player. He plays yeah. good defense. Okay, we'll see you. you I don't you like you because of the whole okay, the attitude at stuff. And yeah, all I don't that. like you because right. of that. But, but you know what? He's actually carved out quite a niche for himself. Yes. And now he's found a team with two big scores, actually yes. three big then scores, he gets an opportunity which allow to. him to he, get some he, shots. He, the same way that J.J. Redick was in his career, find a team that will let you knock down open threes. Okay. Now back to Anthony Davis. Again, as you point out, his numbers yesterday look okay because he winds up with, what did he get here? He had 22 and He was 11 of 17, 14. 22, 22 he played 42 minutes in the game. Okay. Unfortunately, a target of much abuse on the Internet and on postgame shows, Yusuf Nurkic 
winds up with 22 rebounds yesterday, including seven offensive rebounds. And much of that, a, a large part of that, falls on Anthony Davis's effort to screen him off and keep him off the backboards because everybody questions uh, Nurkic's effort. And he, he gets 22 rebounds against the Lakers, and they beat you on the boards 51 to 34. Even though AD did do his part on, on his end, he gets 14 defensive rebounds, but he gives up seven to Nurkic. Yeah, but you can't, I can't screen you out if I'm the individual taking the bunnies mm-hmm. and missing them and you're already underneath the rim. I can't screen you out. Anthony Davis missed easy chippies that he should have made and didn't follow his shot. And so when Nurkic is standing there, the ball is falling in his lap. Let's not say that AD's not down there battling for for the boards because that's not the way Nurkic was getting those rebounds. Let's not do that. Okay, but as AD said himself after the game... Maybe I complained too much a couple of times. I did not hustle back. That may be the okay. case. All right. So, again, when Nurkic gets 22 rebounds, there, there's a lack of effort and energy and yeah. just just sheer, we want this. The, the, whatever that desire that is, is was, was not there that, yesterday. That's the right? case for whatever it was. Okay. I mean, what is this, the third? What did they come back on Wednesday? What, what was yesterday, Sunday? So that's four days from mm-hmm. after All-Star break? Yeah. Teams are going to be rusty. Okay. I watched and, the Clippers last night and looked at that and was like, Lord, have mercy. Okay, but they I didn't have Paul George. Golden State. Regardless, right? I'm talking about the effort mm-hmm. of the individuals that was playing extremely well yeah. prior to All-Star break. James same, Harden same, shot two for ten from three. That didn't help taking up the slack. Exactly. Right? And look at the same thing with Golden okay. State situation Steph, coming back off All-Star one break. One ten from three. I look at yeah. those things and I say, well, I... If you were talking about four days from now, mm-hmm. five days from now, a week from now, let's have a different conversation. All right. And LeBron did not play in the first game back to Golden State. I don't so know. So he's still on All-Star break. Okay. So how do you play a half of basketball in the All-Star game, the first half, but then you don't play against Golden All-Star, State at all? All-Star game is different, though. Skip. Okay. That's, that's because, just because you run up and down the floor. It's okay. a different – it's just – I'm shooting from half court. It's a different deal. Okay, so it was 200, if you're, what was it, 400 points scored between the two teams? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. So if you're LeBron's teammate, you're cool with him not playing the first game out of the break after playing a half of basketball in the it All-Star It depends game. on what the situation was going into the All-Star game. If, if we know that, hey, this is going to be a rest mm. day or whatever the case may be, yeah, I'm okay with that. Mm. I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. Then he comes back against San Antonio. They look pretty good. Wimbenyama has a big game, but it doesn't matter. Explain that to me because he's playing like the MVP of the league, but they can't win a game. That's a whole other issue. And yet, then you come back after you've beaten San Antonio, and I think, here you go again. And against the Phoenix Suns on national TV, you don't show up. Something is amiss there. Something is wrong because they're now just clinging barely they're to that one last. In, they're one and yeah, one. They're in the, the tenth spot, break. right? They're, they're not, not ninth. Uh, nine. They're Golden nine. State's a half game back. Yeah, they're yeah. nine, but they're not far out of five and six. They're, they're not far out. It's not ten games Do out. Do they feel like they're going to challenge for five and six? Because I, I don't, don't even know think how many so. games are left. Skip. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll put it this way. I wouldn't want to play them. In the playoffs, that's that's what I would say. Okay, I would well, not want to well, see him no matter the where top is going to see wherever him. they're at. I yeah. would not want to okay. see him come playoff time. Okay, right now Minnesota and Oklahoma City are tied at the top, mm-hmm. and I, 
Do, do I think that LeBron and AD are afraid of Oklahoma City or Minnesota? No, I don't. No. I don't. Why would they uh, be? With Denver lurking there, you wouldn't want to have to deal with Denver. Denver might not want to have to deal with the Lakers the second time well, around, Skip. I don't know. I don't you know. don't know. It feels like they owe them. They, they own them. You yeah, know, they just, may, they, it may feel like they own them, mm -hmm. but there's something about enough's enough. We're mm -hmm. not taking any more. It's playoff time now. Yep. Just like they showed whoever, whatever it's worth for the tournament, they showed you they can elevate their game when they wanted to against Indiana or mm -hmm. Vegas. Better yet, let's just the games that they played in Vegas. Never mm -hmm. mind the spread out games of the seven. Yep. I'm talking about the two or three that they had to play in Vegas. They showed you when the time comes on, they can turn that switch on. Yeah. Okay, they're going to turn it on then from the ninth spot? They yeah. turned it on yeah. last year from the, what was Whatever it? Whatever it was. The, I think the last. Was it they, the last? No, was it? I, I think seventh? they were in the, they were in the play-in, but what was it? Or did they have the play-in? No, they had the play-in. No, they had the play-in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They turned it in. They turned it on from the play-in last year mm -hmm. from the play-in. Do um, I think they can do similar things? Absolutely, yeah. I believe they can. Okay, so now we're back to Darvin Ham. And on every other night, it looks like they're not playing hard for Darvin Ham, and I don't understand why. Because I still like him. I believe in him as a basketball coach. And yet, they seem to turn on him. And, and if anything's going to change, it's going to be him. And I thought that might happen at the All-Star break, but I think Jeannie and Rob Palenka don't like to make dramatic, big in-season moves. If he's going to be gone, it feels like it's not going to happen until after the season. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. When you brought it yeah. up about him and AD, I said yeah. that's not going to happen until the end of the season if it happens anyway. Yeah. So what's the point of even bringing it up? I don't believe it's all on him. Mm -hmm. I don't believe he's lost his locker room. I don't believe any of those things. For whatever reason, some nights they play extremely well like a championship team, yeah. and other nights they play like they're looking to get the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. That's just... What happens to him? Well, and you're okay with that as a longtime Laker fan. I'm okay with it as long as they make the playoffs. Because mm. it's all about the tournament for me. It ain't about winning 70 games. It's not. It's about getting into the tournament and taking care of business in the tournament. We saw the Miami Heat a year ago, okay? They got into the tournament and they rolled. Mm -hmm. During the regular season, you're like, whatever. Even though Jimmy Buckets and them was playing well at times, but when they got in the playoffs, they took care of business. When the Lakers got in the playoffs, they he, took, care took care of business other than against Denver. Yeah. So I don't I, I care about the playoffs. Yeah. That's what I care about. Playoff basketball. Mm -hmm. Even in regular season, I care about mm -hmm. the fourth quarter. I don't care about the first quarter. Mm -hmm. You claim the referees care about the first quarter. Mm -hmm. I care about the fourth quarter. I doubt that the referees are sitting around the first quarter saying, well, they don't look like they want to play today, so let's not help them. Mm -hmm. Well, in your fourth quarter last night. The game was over. No, Grayson Allen and <laughs> Royce O'Neal each made two threes in the fourth quarter yeah, that daggered you. Yeah, the game was over. Yeah, was it? Yeah. All right. So they're just, I, I guess they're just saying we're waiting for the play-in tournament, right? I don't know that they want to be in the play-in, but yeah. they're most likely going to be either in the play-in or the bottom seed of the playoffs, and that's all that matters. They well, can beat any team on any given day in the NBA. They are the and they showed you they're, they're going the to Boston. Yep. They showed you going to Boston mm -hmm. without the two big stars. Yep. They showed you that. Mm -hmm. Then turning around against the Knicks on the road, they, they showed you that. Mm -hmm. So they got it. They got yep. it in them. Okay. I still like them. I just don't understand why they don't show up for games. They're not going to be the Chicago Bulls every night, man. All right.
I can't wait to talk about this because did Duke's Kyle Filipowski get court stormed at Wake or did he do the storming himself about the debate? Another college basketball court storming incident. This one after Wake upset Duke at Wake. Duke's Kyle Filipowski said a fan intentionally ran into him, that another fan shoved him in the back after the first fan ran into him. Filipowski had to be helped from the court after appearing to suffer some sort of leg injury, maybe a knee. Filipowski said after the game, I absolutely feel like it was personal, you know, intentional for sure. Like I said, there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way off the court and they can't just work around me. There's no excuse for that. Yet an overhead view shows that Filipowski initiated the contact. Keyshawn, what is your view of all of the above? Well, first of all, the court storming shouldn't be outlawed, right? Let's just start there. Shouldn't be outlawed. It's part of the fabric of college sports, whether it's football and tearing down a goalpost mm-hmm. on a big win and everybody storming the field and everybody celebrating. Which they don't allow anymore. They're As, tearing down at the oh, goalpost. Oh, they don't? Well, I mean, no, they, you get they, fine. I mean, they, you get, well, they reinforce them where you can't uproot them anymore. You can't well, tear I, them I down. Can, I can almost guarantee you yeah. they get to it. They're going to be they, able to tear it down. No, they, they're not able to, but go ahead. <laughs> and, and I know the school gets fined in the whole deal. Yeah. Now, based on the video that I see, though, Skip, Filipowski, how do you say his name? Filipowski. Yeah, Filipowski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looked non-athletic to me. He okay. looks non-athletic. Get out the way, man. I thought he looked pretty athletic. No, he was man, initiating. Get... He was throwing body blocks. Well, he was, but get out the way. Yeah. You got spin around. Just get out. Just You can't see them coming. Just get out the way. Yeah. And I don't want to make a big thing of this because it's Duke basketball. and Duke mm-hmm. got upset as the number eight team yeah. in the land. They got upset by a Wake Forest team mm-hmm. without Randolph Childress back in the day. Mm-hmm. But here's what I would say about this particular situation. Trip. The fans are a part. Body block. In, in college basketball, yeah. for instance, fans are a part. Student athletes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're rushing the court because they see guys that they're in class with, that they may have a meal with, that they hang out and party with, just want a big game. So they naturally, the emotions are riding so high that they storm the field or, or the court, mm-hmm. better yet. He saw them. He just couldn't get out the way. Whatever it was, bumping of the knee, twisting of the knee, whatever the case is, it's a freak accident. This is not something that every single week when this happens, when there's a big upset, that we have an accident with a player getting nicked or injured Mm -hmm. that we now have to talk about. This is the first time in the history of me covering sports I ever had to talk about somebody getting, I don't know, injured. When the, when the crowd storms the court mm. or the field. That's the first time. Now, obviously, there's been other incidents where you go back to LeGarrette Blunt in Oregon and against Boise State where yep. he got into confrontation with a player, yeah. not a fan. He did. In that situation. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've never had to have a conversation. Yeah. Caitlin Clark somebody. got run into as she was trying to leave the court. But that yeah. wasn't a conversation. She no. got run into as mm-hmm. she was trying to leave the court mm-hmm. by a fan that ran on to the court and did not see her mm-hmm. in this situation. Yeah. I don't think it should be outlawed. Should, should, maybe there's some sort of different approach to 
letting the players get off the court, if you're concerned with there that. There used to be a time, like they, they'd get yeah, within 10 the, seconds yeah, whatever to get off. The case, yeah, yeah. they dropped the ropes. Mm-hmm. They did it many years in the NBA. When I was growing up, mm-hmm. they would rope it off. I just remember, because we won so many championships as Lakers, mm-hmm. that the yellow rope would be out there, yeah. and they would hold everybody back. And then once the players, then they would just drop the rope and everybody would go. Mm-hmm. This was way back when. So maybe they, maybe they take that approach in this situation. Hopefully it's nothing serious for him in terms of derailing his next move to the professional level, which I don't believe it is. But to think and say that it was personal and they had deliberately did this to you, it's like, man, come on, man, stop, man. Mm. I, I get it, it's Duke basketball, but Mike Krzyzewski ain't on the floor. So let's stop with the deliberate that these student athletes or these students at Wake Forest deliberately tried to injure you. Mm. Let's stop that. Okay, I will stop that because that's not what happened here. But I will start with this. I don't like court storming because what if if Keyshawn Johnson had been on that court, knowing you, the competitor that you were, let's turn it around, let's make you a basketball player, given your same mentality that you played with, and you just get upset as the eighth-ranked team in the country at Wake. They've been all over you, screaming and yelling at you all game. And all of a sudden, you look up, and hundreds, literally hundreds, are running right at you before the game's up, they, they were starting to break onto the court five, four, three, two, one. With five seconds left, they're they're pouring, especially from the baseline, right up at him. If Keyshawn Johnson is thrust into that situation, knowing how hot-headed you might be at that moment, at that moment, mm-hmm. uh, just emotionally charged at that moment because you've been playing with your emotions all over your sleeves for four quarters, and a bunch of crazed fans, maybe drunk fans, are running headlong at you, there is potential you might deck three or four of them. Okay, so right? now, now that you said Am that, I right? No, you're wrong. Now that you said that, I have experienced that mm. in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. Going up there, as a, I think we were the number two seed at the time, number mm, two, two ranked, ranked team yeah. at the time, and Notre Dame was like not even ranked. And they beat our brakes in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yours truly had a good game, but the rest oh. of us did not show up. Oh. Yeah, I got to point the finger. Okay. And they stormed the field, mm-hmm. many of them. And they obviously was screaming in my face and mm-hmm. all sorts. I just kept it moving. Mm-hmm. I just lost the game. And, and I was mad, but I was not so upset that I was going to go at the students that just ran onto the field. I just, it, it, you, you don't think like that. As long as, again, don't touch me. Now you, you ask the question, well, what if a fan would have grabbed you or touched you or something mm-hmm. along those lines? Now we're talking about something different. Mm-hmm. Now we're having a different conversation because you violated me by putting your damn hands on me. Mm-hmm. You coming on the field, I, I, I don't have a problem. You could scream. You can tell me I'm the worst. I'm terrible. I'm the reason we lost. Don't touch me mm. and we have no issues. Mm. None at all. Okay. What if they sort of accidentally start bumping into you because there are just too many of them and there's no exit strategy for you? You don't have a way out. So I'm going to make my way out. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I know how to get through the maze yeah. without having confrontation. Without having confrontation. In this situation, he was trying to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he, it looked like from one of the clips, it looked like he kind of gave him a little chicken wing at that point in time. No, he was throwing body blocks. He was, yeah. yeah. But yeah. to me, he didn't need to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think he was angry at that may, losing. And that, and and, and that and, may have you know, been the case. And yeah. you say you don't like that. 
because it could create a problem. Mm -hmm. You're correct in that sense. Yeah. But let's think, come on, man, this has been going on as long mm -hmm. as I've ever been watching sports. As long as I've been alive, they've been mm -hmm. doing this. Okay. So now all of a sudden, a Duke player gets injured and it becomes the world national news all of... What if this was a Mississippi State player? Will we still be having this conversation? I don't know, because in the SEC, where I came from, at Vanderbilt University, they have for years now been finding uh, crowds, 100 or Okay, you know, so schools, go to another conference. $100,000. If this happened yeah. at Boise State, yeah. and Boise State had just upset Kentucky, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or whatever the case is, yeah. would, would, and a Kentucky player got hurt, would we carry on like this. Mm, by the way, this is a little before your time, but the great Larry Bird at Indiana State, you won't remember this, No, I remember. but they won the regional final against Arkansas to get to the final four in 1979 against Magic and Company, if you remember. And uh, one of his own fans ran up to him on the floor after they had upset Arkansas. Uh, th that was the triplets with Sidney mm -hmm. Moncrief. And Larry Bird just turned around and just decked him. And, uh, just flat out cold cocked him. Okay? Because he put his hands well, on Larry Bird. There you go. That was don't what it was. Touch don't, me. don't touch me. You can celebrate okay. around me. You can All scream. Right. You can call me whatever. Don't touch me. Because okay. when you touch me, I'm going to react a certain way. All right. I believe this is just too dangerous, but I don't I, I don't have a great way to stop it. Unless you go to the links of saying it's if you court storm, fabric. okay, but, but that's what they sell as part of the romance of the game. Yes. This is what you do Think about it. Highlights. Games. The, the, yeah. I'm selling it to yeah. my recruits. When you yeah. walk into these facilities, yeah. Skip, these big $50 million facilities, yeah. and there's big screens that when you walk in, mm -hmm. they got all this stuff on the big screen mm -hmm. showing you celebrations and things yeah. like that as recruits mm -hmm. to get you juiced up. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Okay, here's Zach Eady, the reigning national player of the year for Purdue. Their 7-4 center says students, probably a lot of drunk students, charging the court against another team isn't the safe thing to do, but I think it's part of the game. It's to part your point. of it. Okay, and then Kim Mulkey, who coaches obviously at LSU, has said that, let me find her quote, we can line them up like a bunch of soldiers out there. She's talking about security guards. And at the end of the day, you're outnumbered. So you, you can hire, and they're not going to pay the expenses to hire 200 security. You, you know, they're, whatever, they're, whatever they're it might is, have, 150. They, they, they might have, I don't even think they have near that many. But whatever they have against 20,000 people, you can't stop them. No. And maybe 10,000 are going to storm the court. Oh. Well, we've seen what happened at, at, at European soccer matches where you have mass chaos and people but get trampled. Yeah, it's a whole different level of craziness to me. And sometimes you get stuck in passageways or you're trying to exit or enter the, 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 the field. And God help us if, if that ever happens in a college basketball game. But to me, I do like the SEC. The SEC has curtailed it by saying it's going to cost the school $100,000, but it doesn't cost the students $100,000. So it's yeah, not but the school will write that check, though. You know? That's nothing. You know? well, that's, that's nothing I don't for know them. If it's nothing, but. For it's them, something. for the school, for yeah. Alabama, for yeah. Kentucky, Tennessee, yeah. even Vandy? That's even nothing. Vandy. Well, I, it's. It's $100,000. They only doing curtailed it. it. They're only yeah. doing it yeah. once every. What, man, 10 years? When you get a major upset What's like that? On? I think this happened a lot. Like Zach Eady was talking about, they've lost three games over the last two years, and they've gotten stormed every time because they lose on the road. They lost at Nebraska, lost at Ohio State. They're just going to get court stormed. So it, it, okay, it, so let's it say it happened more than once 
I mean, for I'm talking about for a single institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like every single year they write checks for hundred plus oh, thousand yeah, yeah. dollars multiple yeah. times in a season. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They're only writing them once every blue moon. So, look, you don't want to see anybody get injured at all. Kids, students, uh, coaches, players. It could be children out there. You mm-hmm. don't want to see any of that. Yeah. But to try to limit it and push back on it, I think it's just, it's not part of it. It's, all, it's almost like when I look back at the, as a kid growing up in the Super Bowl, and when Bill Belichick ruined my moment, when he brought his entire team out, he ruined it for every player that's ever watched the Super Bowl growing up mm. because they called you out, mm. right? Here comes- Which one? Any other Super Bowls. Okay. Michael Irvin comes out, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, da, 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 mm-hmm. starting lineup. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, you come out as an entire team mm. when Bill did that in their first Super Bowl uh, in New England. The rest of the league had to follow suit. They couldn't do the individual thing anymore, so it ruined it. Now, all of a sudden, what I'm saying, the reason I bring that up is so because— So he stole your private uh, personal man, you moment? The, you, yeah, because mm. now everybody has to come out as a team mm. because it's a team thing. Think about all the Super Bowls before when they announced the starting mm-hmm. lineup and they announced it. Everybody came out individually mm-hmm. as the starters in the game, whether mm-hmm. it was on the defensive side or the offensive side. You got that growing up. That was one of the big, bright moments in the Super Bowl when you watch. Wow, if I ever get there, here's a moment. If I ever get to the Super Bowl, first person I'm going to get is my kids out the stands. Mm. That will, Those are moments that you see growing up as a kid. Sure. Moments growing yeah. up as a kid, you see storming the court. And your favorite team, wow, USC basketball just upset Georgetown. Mm. You a student at USC and you got the opportunity, you probably want to start because you, that's what you've always seen growing up. Mm. And now you're saying, okay, we're going to take these moments away from the NBA, I mean, from, from college basketball. We're going to take the on-field rushing and tearing down the goalposts. Mm. All that to me, tearing down the goalposts, man, that's part of college football. Mm. That's part of it. Why they did it to take it away? I guess people was getting injured and yeah, so the goalposts are so heavy that you. They was the, walking the, the off with them. Is, yeah, the liability. Just, I get it. I get ridiculous. the liability of it. And, and if you're up on, the, if you start going up the poles <laughs> on the side of the uprights, you know you could fall. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure the drunken college students. Yeah. Contributed to some of that. But here's another thing: some of these universities, depending on, and and, and it may be different depending on the conference. They don't even sell alcohol at, on campus at college games, mm-hmm. depending on what university it is. Ohio State just started doing it a couple years ago. They didn't sell alcohol mm. on campus. And then uh, their athletic director, Archie Griffin, said, I think we're we going to benefit from this and we're going to make money, but we're going to cut it off at a certain time. They, they, they're supposed to cut it off. I, I don't know that they do. <laughs> no, well, they I, do. I, I, I'm I, sure they cut it off, but... There's different ways to consume alcohol into a stadium. I'll throw one last idea at you that will never, ever happen. But if you really want to stop this, and I would like to see it stop. I don't want to see it stop. Okay, I know, but I'm just telling you, I would. And I've been saying this for years. There's one way to stop it. If you pull off a big upset at home and you storm the court, you forfeit the game. I promise you that will stop it. If, if it became known, if you storm, if, if, if students run onto the floor at the end of the game, you will forfeit said game. And it becomes, 
Hard and fast. That's the rule. And you do it once to somebody, it will stop. How many rules are similar like that? If you throw things on the field, your mm-hmm. team is going to be penalized mm-hmm. because of delay of game. Doesn't stop the fans from throwing no. things on the field. No, but this would be If much you throw more. things at somebody, you're going to get kicked out the stadium. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop people from throwing things at people on the field. If you are disruptive to a whole nother level, cursing and doing this and that, you're going to be kicked out of the stadium. Not a, it doesn't yeah. stop people at all, Skip, mm. at all. At some point, I think the fans are going to have to be protected from the players because I think what you just saw from him was he was just angry and he's taking it out. He's initiating contact with the well, onrushers. He did, he did yeah. initiate it. Yeah. You know, he did. Yeah. He, he was the first one to throw a blow. Yeah. And Based I, and on the video I saw. Well, he tripped one kid running full speed, and I don't know what happened. Maybe that kid's hurt. I don't know. He's certainly Duke, banged though. up. I'm sorry for the Dukies out there, Jay Will, but it's Duke. Mm, It's Duke. All right. We got to talk about this because the wildest video of the weekend featured Cam Newton in the middle of a brawl. That's next. My boy. My boy. Mm -hmm. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Won't back down. And now it's your turn. You can reach us at hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Robert Merrill. Keyshawn on vacation, wishing he was still a cowboy. LOL. Soaking up the rest. I want to win. You want to (laughs) win? Yeah, I tried that already with the Cowboys. It didn't work out. Didn't work? No, we didn't win. Well, they do have five Lombardis, so I'm... I'm that was before my time. Before your time. You hadn't had a Lombardi. You hadn't smelt a Lombardi in 30 years. 30 years. Thank you for reminding me. Second tweet's from Al Mata. Key is Skip really saying the refs aren't giving LeBron calls because he's a poor free throw shooter like Shaq and Giannis don't have worse career free throw percentages. They do, but they're seven feet tall, and LeBron is a shooting guard slash point guard. That didn't say that. What I'm reading, Skip, you, 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 you yeah. went off from strip right no, there. Well, that I, says just, nothing I'm, like that. I'm it answering the question. have worst career free throws, yes. but attempted. They're seven feet Giannis tall. <laughs> attempted LeBron more. LeBron is the leading scorer make sense, in the Skip. history of make the league. Make it make sense, I'm making it Skip. total sense where the referees are saying, wait a second, you've scored more points than anybody? Oh, and you're you. a 73% free throw shooter? Seriously? We all know, we all know yeah. he shoots bad yeah. free throws. We skin. do? Yes. Yeah. But the refs aren't calling, not calling yeah. fouls on LeBron because they don't want him to go to the line. Stop. He was one of Your four. Better argument been, one of four? If, your better argument would have been the NBA mm-hmm. is protecting LeBron yeah. because they don't want to yeah. see him miss free throws. Oh, okay. That would have been a better argument. How do you go 21 years in a league and you don't improve your free throw percent? It happens. Maybe you should get in the lab. Get in the lab, LeBron. It's not too late. Final tweets from Julio Cesar. Uh, did I just hear Keyshawn say that Denver doesn't want to deal with the Lakers in the playoffs? Man, Lakers fans are about as delusional as Cowboy fans. That's not actually what I said, but okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, okay. For his giggles, yeah. I'll, I'll say that the Denver Nuggets, <laughs> they don't want to deal with the Lakers come playoff time. What I said was they may not want to deal with them a second time around right. because it won't be as easy as it was the first time. Uh. That's all. Well, the Lakers were right there four straight quarters. <sighs> LeBron disappeared. I, I don't the, know what I happened. Love, I love yeah. people that watch our shows and yeah. listen to us because they hear what they want to hear. Yeah, that's a fact. 
All right, let's see what people want to hear about that wild video that emerged yesterday with Cam Newton in the middle of a brawl at a seven-on-seven competition in Atlanta. Cam later posted that his 15-and-under team won the championship. Maybe that was the cause of the fracas. Keyshawn, what do you make of all of the above? (laughs) (laughs) I I laugh and I chuckle, Skip, because, first of all, the situations are wild. Now, I take it you've never been to a seven-on-seven tournament or probably never been to an AAU basketball tournament of sorts. I've been to AAU games, you, but I haven't been, been to a 7-on-7, seven seven, okay. but they, they look like they get extremely it's, emotional. It's pretty, yeah. pretty similar, but very emotional to a whole nother level. I, back in 20, 2010, I basically here in Southern California mm-hmm. started 7-on-7 okay. seven seven to a whole you nother did? level. Yeah. Right. yeah, 19... 25 All-Stars was the name of our team, and we went on to win national championships all over. And NFL players were not involved in it at, at, at times. It was high school coaches. Wait, is it flag football? It's flag football. Uh, right. well, it's, it, it, it turned into two-hand touch. It's basically yeah. two-hand touch. All right. And it's seven on seven. Yep. But what happens in these situations is they're not out to beat Cam's 15U team, his 18U team. Mm-hmm. They're out to beat Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. That's who they want to beat. They want to beat Cam Newton. They wanted to beat in the third person, Keyshawn Johnson. They could care less about DeAnthony Thomas and Michael Thomas and Darnay Holmes and and all the great players, the Jalen Johnsons that was on my team. They wanted to prove that they could outcoach me, outbeat me, all of those things. So there's a lot of friction and confrontation and name calling and doing all sorts of things at these tournaments because you have family members vicariously living through their children and they get so upset that it's not going their way. Mm -hmm. And you, and I'm sure Cam is probably talking (laughs) junk to them and and it it creates this type of hostile environment that people don't really understand. All right. They just don't get it. It's very competitive to a whole nother level. Mm. I didn't get quite there where Cam went, because I had people that wasn't going to allow that to happen. Mm. But it got close. Multiple states and different places we played in, mm-hmm. because that's just, it, it, they, they feel like they got to, people feel like they got to attack you. Were you the coach or just Oh, no, I was, the, I was okay. the, the coach. Okay. I coached the All offense. Right. Antonio Pierce coached my defense one okay. year, a couple years. Brian Kelly, my former teammate, was our defensive coordinator. So you had all these pros and then you had normal dudes that wish they were pros mm-hmm. that want to be able to say, man, I just beat Cam Newton's team. I beat Cam Newton. And you would take a lot of verbal abuse from family members or oh whoever. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. yeah, you take and you got to put them in their place. But yes, absolutely. So I'm sure without knowing all the details, I'm willing to go on and put my right hand up that I bet you it started with somebody else coming at Cam and Cam defending his position, mm-hmm. and it turned into a confrontation. I can, I will bet my right arm on that one because I be, I, I've seen it. I've been at these tournaments. I know what it's all about. That's what they get. They mm-hmm. get fired up behind yep. that sort of stuff because they want to be Cam. Remember what I told you. They want to be Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the kids. No. They just want to be able to walk around and say, we pop Cam. Mm-hmm. So much for that. We don't care how much money you got. You can't buy a team. They're going to do all of that. Mm. They do it all. And it happens in AAU basketball, too.
So a friend of Cam's texted me late last night that Cam just can't put himself in this position anymore. You no, just can't. You it's can't. just you too can't. dangerous. Yeah, you, you, well, it's not even necessarily the fact that it's too dangerous. He's too high of a profile individual with too many great things going on in his life mm. to be caught up in some shenanigans dealing with people that really, for all intents and purposes, really don't matter in your life. Don't matter. He doesn't, you know, it's like, huh. Where's the win here? Where's the gain? Well, what, what the, 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 the win is only if you touch me, I'm a win. Again, don't put your hands on me. You can say all you want to. So, so I'm assuming... Dude got too, whoever it was, they probably got too close and didn't realize dude 6'6", 260, 270 in solid. So you might not want to, you yeah. know, you might want to just cheer. Yeah. So how did you think Cam handled himself given that people are throwing haymakers at him? I, I wish Cam would have stepped back and let some other people handle it. Mm -hmm. That's what I wish. But if, if in fact somebody put their hands on him first, he has to protect himself. I, I assume that's how it started. Yeah, but you're a damn yeah. fool if you hit, if you touching him. Have you yeah. seen him? I just saw him in the video, but, but I saw him play him, football. But yeah. have you seen him personally, though? Yeah. It's probably not no, a guy no. that you want to run up on. Yeah. Because it looked like in the video he was handling two, three, four dudes oh. at once. Oh, at it least. looked like in the video he... He was handling ragdolling them, so... He, he was ragdolling them. But they were firing on him, man. No, that's... That, yeah. Look, and it looked like maybe a couple of punches might have landed. It, it may have. Yeah. And I'm sure he probably landed a couple, too. I, I don't know that. I think he I can't see in the video. He's not throwing hands because he doesn't wind up in court. Well, you're going to wind yeah. up in court anyway. Yeah. That's all. It, it, it's a money play, too. He's going to wind up in court whether they whether he connected on him or not. Wow. I mean, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. But in these situations, the 707 tournament stuff, man, you get this all the time. That's why I'm not, like, surprised and about it because I've been there, I've seen it, I've dealt with it myself, that it, it's highly emotional. It's just a highly emotional, competitive, to the point where even the young kids is talking crazy to you. Mm -hmm. And they're puppies. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get to where you've been. Yeah. But they don't understand it because their parents aren't teaching them. Mm. So they just say so whatever. Why don't you do it anymore? I am next summer. You are? Because my... So in 2010, I started it because okay. of my nephew, Michael Thomas. Got it. Yeah. Then he went on Ohio State, and I kept it going because of all the young kids that were still playing. Mm -hmm. and then my oldest son started playing football, so I kept it going then. Mm. And then when he stopped playing, I just shut it down. Now my 11-year-old is playing, but I'm starting it next summer. Mm. So I'll have a, a, a 12U team. Oh, good. Yeah, I'll have a 12U team next, not summer, but next January we start. And how good was Michael Thomas at that age? He, he was a Division One football player with a lot of growth. Mm. Tall, skinny, long, didn't know how to run, mm. you know, had to learn how to run, do some things. And like he was how old? He was 14? No, he was, he was 17 when we started. Oh, you started at 17? Yeah, so he was already a high school. But you don't have to, everybody does, they don't have to be 17. He mm. was 17. Mm. I had younger Dornay Holmes, who plays for the New York Giants, yeah. he was on my team at the time, and he might have been 12 years old. Mm. But he played with the 17-year-olds. Mm. Like my son, so funny because me and Antonio Pierce was talking about it on my podcast the other day. My son was in the seventh or eighth grade, but was playing with seniors, juniors and seniors that were in high school. Yeah, guys like he was playing against guys like uh, Biggie Marshall and... Mm -hmm. and 
Equinenia St. Brown, mm-hmm. Trent Irwin, yeah. and he was a kid, and they was on their way to college. Mm-hmm. And that's how you mix it together to get the younger dudes so now they grow over time. Mm. There was a team called the South Florida Express that we played in the national championship game in, at the University of Alabama one year. And they had on... My we God, had, you're going all over everywhere. Yeah, we were going all over the country. Whew. And it allows these kids to be able to visit the colleges and all yeah. this sort of stuff. But what happened in that particular game, Skip, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. Amari Cooper, uh, I think it's Javari Parker, J- J- whatever, uh-huh. Parker. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Shazier, Ryan Shazier, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other dudes were all on one team. We played against them in the national championship game. And mm-hmm. we wound up losing by one point at the end. Of, we should have won, but we wound up missing a throw at the end of the game. But mm-hmm. I had guys on my team like Josh Rosen was one of my quarterbacks. So you, it's, it's, it's fun, but it can be intense. Mm. And I'm sure you came close several times to getting into one of these kind of fracases. Several, m- many in, times. Many in times. many different tournaments. Okay, I got it. All right, so coming up next, because we're coming off vacation, we're going to react to Micah Parsons winning the Celebrity Game MVP because we both have a lot to say about that. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Keyshawn and I were on vacation last week, so we did not get to comment on what Micah Parsons did a week ago Friday night when he won MVP of the Celebrity Game by scoring 37 points. Wow. So after the game, Micah said, I just said I was going to come downhill, be a force to be reckoned with. They say, don't treat it like it's football, but I don't believe that, man. I'm bringing my aggression to the court, and I'm taking home this trophy. Keyshawn, scale of 1 to 10, how impressed were you with Micah winning Celebrity MVP? I'm a fat donut. Mm, zero. zero. Okay, I'll buy that. Why, why would I be, imp- be impressed with a three-time All-Pro, you know, Pro Bowler, first-round pick? What, what is he, 6'4", 6'5", 250, mm-hmm. sub 4'4"? Four, four. Yeah. Why the hell would I be impressed with that? He's the best damn athlete on the floor. Good question. Like times 10. Like times 100. Times 100. I'll like buy that. I'm not that. impressed with about that yeah. at all. I'm not, I'm not about to give him his kudos. What I'm about to do is torch his ass for being on the court to begin with. Why would you be on the basketball court? For what? Mm. Why? You getting ready to touch $200 million? More than that over the life of your career? Mm-hmm. But why would you... And anybody else, whether it's Puka, who's playing, C.J. Stroud. He played. I'd have grabbed C.J. Stroud by his hair mm-hmm. if I was his parents. And tell him, man, if you don't get your butt off this court, I understand you want to be out at the NBA All-Star game. You want everybody to know that you've arrived. Mm-hmm. But that's a dangerous game you're playing right there. Because you've yet to arrive financially to secure that bag. If anything were to happen, as you like to do, knock on wood, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, they got out of there unscathed. But playing in basketball games or skydiving or jet skiing or uh, 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 skiing, any, daredevil. Any, any, yeah. any of this weird, yeah. extreme yeah. sport type stuff. A lot of contracts prohibit the daredevil. That's why, that's why yeah. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that I saw is many NFL players playing in this all-star game that were young and under contract. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
Did they not tell the team or did they remove it from the contracts? Whether they're in the contract or not, I'm not doing that. And Michael Parsons doesn't need to. What the hell are you doing? When I saw it, I'm like, man, come on, man. Are you dumb or you stupid? You got to be one. Because there's no reason to be on the. You got your future so bright in ahead of you. Let's move on from him. The quarterback of my team? Mm. The offensive rookie of the year? The guy that's probably getting ready to lead me to a Super Bowl in a couple years? Good. What the hell are you doing, CJ? Mm-hmm. To do what? To be at an all-star game in Indiana so that people can see you? They can see you just walking around mm-hmm. in jeans and a T-shirt. You don't need to be out there taking a risk against people that are nowhere near as athletic as them. Nowhere near. Right? So at the end of the day, Micah's going up to dunk balls. Now all of a sudden you get some little old actor boy who wants to try to show what he can do. He can't even get out of the way because you're coming down like a freight train. He doesn't know how to get out of the way. Submarine. Now all of a sudden he's underneath you. Mm-hmm. You come down. Now we're having a whole nother conversation. We are. I, I'm shocked that the, the organizations and the teams that they were on or that they played with didn't say anything if they even knew. Maybe they just didn't know. Maybe they did not know. Maybe they didn't know. Yeah. But I'm, no, I can't, I can't sign off on that. <clears throat> I can't sign off because I've seen, I've seen, you probably don't know Chris Spencer. Chris Spencer's an actor, comedian. We're at the Super Bowl in San Diego, Celebrity All-Star Game. He blew both knees out on one play. God be my witness, I ain't lying to you. Blew them both out. Playing basketball in a Celebrity All-Star Game. And he's a comedian actor, but he blew his knees out. I also saw Robert Edwards, an NFL football player. That was on the sand. Messing around in flag football in the sand in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And his career. That was it. His career was never the same. Never the same. Yep. So that's my whole point. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm not taking unnecessary risk when it's not football acclimated things. Mm-hmm. If it's football acclimated, then I'm done. It's fine. Mm. But I'm not going out there dunking. If you told me, okay, he's just going to run the floor and he's going to shoot from three and that's it. Okay, that's fine. A little exercise. No. But the way that Michael was playing, if I'm Jerry Jones and Steven and Cowboy fans, man, I'm so mad right now. Even though he got out of there healthy, I'm still mad. Mm. All right, I'm going to give C.J. and Puka a little bit of a pass, but only a little bit because they're rookies and they had good years and maybe they want a little more fame and acclaim and they, they want to be in the spotlight. Okay, I'll give them a little more. Mike has been there and done all that. He went into this past season as the preseason favorite for defensive um, player of the year. Player of the year. Rookie of the year. Player of the year. Okay, now I'm just going to speak from my heart as a Cowboy fan. I still haven't gotten over what I had to watch in their playoff game against Green Bay at home as the two seed against the youngest team in the league. They're down 27 to nothing before halftime. They're down 48 to 16 early in the fourth quarter at home with a chance to beat Green Bay and Detroit to get back to San Francisco. And maybe the third time would have been the playoff charm at San Francisco, but I never got to see that because of what happened in the first half, Dak's second quarter, two interceptions, one a pick six. It's 27 to nothing at home before halftime. Micah Parsons in that game 
had the single worst defensive stats of his entire career in a playoff game at home against the Green Bay Packers. And now I'm supposed to stomach the fact that on a Friday night, I have to sit back on my couch and watch him in Indianapolis gloat and flex because he's dominating the celebrity all-star game against a bunch of actors and singers and race car drivers who, who shouldn't be on the floor with him who don't deserve to even be in the same breath with Micah Parsons, and he's actually enjoying the achievement of winning the, the, the trophy. He's savoring and, and flexing with the trophy after the game like he actually accomplished something. It was shameful for me because it's the wrong place, I'm, I'm wrong okay. time. I'm okay yeah. with him celebrating. Yeah. He wants something. Okay, but you're talking about health. I'm, I'm talking about pride. I'm, I'm talking about... Who are you and what are you doing? Because if he'd asked me, I would have said, don't, you don't even need to participate in this. Not, not just for health reasons. You're just better than this. You're better than this game. Why would you stoop to the level of having to show the world you can dominate, you can score 37 points? I don't know if he can shoot a lick because he didn't need to shoot a lick because all he did was dunk the damn ball. That's all he did. Attack and dunk. And for a while, CJ tried to guard him, but CJ can't guard him. He's too small. Come on. It's, it was silly. It was shameful. It was pathetic. It was everything that, that has been wrong with Micah. I don't know what he's thinking because do you really need that kind of attention? Is that what you want? Is that your stage? Now you can take over the stage of a celebrity basketball game. It's not even football. It's basketball. And you're the MVP of that when you were the preseason favorite to be the defensive player of the year. When your team looked like it had found itself and it fell into the two seed because of Philadelphia's collapse, which we're about to talk about in a few minutes here on this show. And that happened. And I, I, I'd have a hard time even showing my face at a celebrity all-star game. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> hmm. I, I agree with you. I don't want to agree with you, but I agree with you. I, in my I, 11 years in the National yeah. Football League, I never, ever played in a celebrity Thank you. anything. Yeah. Never. Well, well, you you don't because need to. I wasn't trying to be a celebrity. I am a celebrity. You, you are. I wasn't are. trying Thank to be. You. No, that's I wasn't well trying said. to be famous. Yeah. So that's why I laugh. But but, you, but some you, people you got enjoy, famous doing the thing that you do. Some people right? enjoy yes. okay. certain things. Yeah. I don't knock him if that's what he enjoys. But that's why I say if you enjoy that, go to the events. Yeah. Walk around with jeans and T-shirt. Be a show pony. Mm. Walk around, be a show pony. Okay. You don't need no, to take true. unnecessary yeah. risk yeah. out on the basketball court yeah. unnecessarily. To your point, if, if you trot out there and you make five or six threes yeah. where, where you're showing me, oh, he can shoot a little bit. And you're just, you're joking. You're having fun. You're yeah. laughing going yeah. up the court. You're, you're giving it the Jordan, like, I don't know how I got so hot. And I'm okay with you that. Know, then you're okay with that. Because yeah, I'm fine with that. He was taking it dead seriously, like, I'm in attack mode. I'm playing downhill. Yeah, he, he slipped and fell. I watched, a, I watched a pretty good bit of it. He slipped one time, and I was like, you know, oh I said God. to myself, I was like, oh, my God, why, why, why is he trying to go to the lane? I'm more worried about health and his financial reward mm. at the end of the day. Because the last thing this young man did uh, 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 needs is for the Jones family, if something were to happen, this game's over with, but if something were to happen, all of a sudden, they like, well, we 
We got more money to spend on somebody else now. <laughs> you know, that's the last thing he needs. I'm protecting his money. Mm -hmm. I don't care about no trophy. No, I, I just want him yeah. to be put in the best position to cash in at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. I don't think that that was smart on his part <laughs> because he, he hasn't gotten the bag yet. Now if, the, now, if the Cowboys said, sure, we'll let you go play, and they signed off on it, and he told them, and they didn't care, and they still was going to pay him, eh, it is what it is. If you ask me, do I think that that was the case? I'm mm. probably going to say no. Okay. I don't think that was the case. I don't think that they was like, yeah, sure. Go play in the NBA All-Star game, and if anything happens to you, we got $150 million still mm. for you. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. Okay. Well, one day, I would love to see him hold up a Lombardi trophy. We're, we're about we're 30 years removed from that sort of thing, and it feels like it's 30 years before we're going to actually do that again. But that's his personality, though, Skip. He likes to be out front and center. He does. He likes for the attention. He likes mm -hmm. for people to see it. This is what y'all bought. This is what y'all getting. Mm -hmm. Now, if his if his same play against what you call a race car drivers, <laughs> the race car drivers and actors and yeah. all that transfers this year. It's a little race car driver. He, was, he, he said he worked his tail off to get ready for this. He's like 5'4". You know, if, like, if, if what he did, what he had, 37, 16, and 4, yeah. if he can turn that 37, 16, and 4 <laughs> into meaningful statistics for the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. then y'all might go ahead and hey. find yourselves in a divisional round or two. Yeah, if you give me four sacks against Jordan Love, I, I'm good. You know, like that that's MVP caliber to me. Do that. I just care about his money. Show out. I, I care about the boy's money. I don't want him getting uh -huh. hurt, messing around with guys that nowhere near his athletic ability. When you play what we like to call them in the hood, we call them nons. Mm. He's a non. When okay. you're playing with That's nons, a non. That's a good when you're playing like with that. nons, yeah. you're messing around. You're getting ready to hurt yourself because they don't know how to play. They don't know how to get out of the way. No. I don't even want you getting on the court with me, Skip, because mm. you don't know how to play. Mm. You can't play. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not like that. Mm. I want to play with... I want to play with dudes that know how to play NBA basketball or play high college basketball and know how to defend and get out. I don't need some dude hack attacking me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the rim, and all of a sudden he's undercutting me. I fall. No, I'm good. I'm mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. All right. Up next, we ask, is Eric the enemy good because he leaves the NFL for a college job that Keyshawn knows a whole lot about? Eric Bieniemy has returned to UCLA, where he was an assistant from 2003 to 2005. Has returned to the LA area, where he starred in high school football. He'll be UCLA's offensive coordinator, if not a mentor, for new Bruins head coach Deshaun Foster, a man Keyshawn knows very well. So, Keyshawn, good fit for Bienemy, or would you rather have seen him stay in the NFL while pursuing a head coaching job? You know, job? Skip, when this becomes official, mm -hmm. because it's not official yet, yeah. when it becomes official, I think it will be a good fit for both Deshaun Foster as well as Eric Bienemy. Um, and, and they, you know, obviously they got to sign off on it, people got to agree to some things, but it's headed in the, in the right direction. I think it's a great fit for him. There's an opportunity there, right? Mm. Every, what, what, let's say, what do you think on an average? The average is, is six openings a year in the NFL? Yeah, I think there were eight this time. Yeah, so yeah. let's say six. Yeah. Six, right. let's just for conversation's sake. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's an 18 over three years, if, I'm, if my math is correct. He's interviewed for all them jobs. So that means that that's, you know, that's half the league. 
They've all seen him. They've mm-hmm. talked to him, the owners, the this and that, the general managers, the coaches, they, and nobody's hiring. What has happened now is he's got an opportunity to go back to college, bring what he brought to Kansas City and Washington, Minnesota as the running back coach, bring it to UCLA with a young coach in Deshaun Foster who, who says, okay, I can utilize this and I can learn from this and he can help me become a better head coach. But at he the can. same time, the opportunity presents itself mm. to all the universities that have not had an opportunity to see Eric Bieniemy, Because in the National Football League, Skip, the owners, there's 32 of them. And out of the 32 owners, there's probably on any given year, like you say, it's six. Six owners, if they're not new owners or, or recycled. Mm. You've got six new owners that possibly can get in front of you. Where in college, there's tons of people that get in front of you because there's so many teams. And their owner, the athletic directors, mm. aren't making the hires no matter what they tell you. And neither is the president of the universities. The guy who's writing the check, he's making the hire. Because yeah. what he says is, I want Skip Bayless. Mm. You go get me Skip, and mm. I'll give you that 50 million you're looking for. Mm. And then I'll call my buddy Dean, and he'll give us another 50. And then I'll call Susie, who husband just passed away. She has a billion. She'll give us some money. Yep. And they're the ones who's hiring the coaches. They're making the decisions in college. The AD signs off on it and stands up there at the press conference, but they're the ones who's financially backing it. Mm-hmm. It gives them an opportunity to get in front of those people. Let's say he goes on and they have a good season at UCLA this year and maybe even a better one the following year. It, now there's a job opening somewhere that says, this is the way we need to go. Agreed. Because look, there's Deion Sanders, there's Deshaun Foster, you look at Antonio Pierce, you look at uh, 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 Gerard Mayo, you look at, there's, there's, there's something that's here that makes all the sense. Because when you talk about being able to communicate, identify with somebody, let's not fool ourselves, but he can communicate with both black and white. Okay, Eric being and me can. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about young black kids in inner city communities that's looking for a way out, mm-hmm. that resonates. It does. That, that's just a different... Chip Kelly ain't going in the households of these young brothers and mm-hmm. getting many of them. No. But when you have a Deshaun Foster and an Eric Bieniemy, a Deion Sanders, those type of coaches going into the, 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 the cities mm-hmm. that make up your team yeah. and make your roster the way it is. Starting with this city. Starting with this mm-hmm. city. Yeah. You can close the deal. Yeah. And so all he has to do is have some of that same success mm-hmm. that he had in Kansas City calling plays in college. And this opportunity is going to come fat, way faster, I believe, in college football than it is in the NFL waiting for a head coaching okay. job for him. All right. I, I like believe that. that wholeheartedly. I like that. All right. So when I first read this, when I saw the first headline, it hit me as sad. Like, like oh, this, this is just wrong. Like, like he, he deserved a better fate than this. Now he's relegated to having to go back to college. Then I start thinking about the Rooney rule. My friend John Wooten has been presiding for years over it. It did do this for Eric Bieniemy. To your point, it feels like he interviewed for every job for three years. Okay. A bunch of them were dog and pony show interviews. A bunch probably. of them were probably, you know what, they were yeah. token interviews. Yeah. And, and he got taken for rides numerous times. That may be the case. And I think that still sticks in his craw because it should. But 
I know who Eric Bieniemy is like crazy. Like, that's a big name to me. When I see his name in headlines, my eyebrows rise up because he has been in the news a whole lot over the last three years for the wrong reasons. But he was with Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he made Patrick Mahomes, but he contributed to their rise. And Matt Nagy yeah. made it. Mm. Matt Nagy Thank got a you. job in Chicago. Agreed. Stop me before I get started, uh, please. Right. And it always upset me. I didn't think that that Eric made enough money in Kansas City, and, and then he goes to Washington. In that situation, the more I look back at it, it was doomed from the start because they told him the moment he walked in the door, we are going forward with Sam Howell at quarterback. Well, I know Sam Howell. I've been watching him closely now. He's not bad, but he's not very good. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You can only do so much. And they had a couple of games this year where it did raise my eyebrows, and I thought, oh, that was, that was pretty good. They, they had a big shootout game with Philly. I told you that defense is no good. But Sam Howell put up some big 400-yard sort of passing numbers. I thought Eric, and that, that worked pretty they, well. They were good first half yeah, of the season. They were. And I thought their defense was going to be, uh, uh, I'll go this far, above average. And at midseason, they dump or trade everybody. away everybody. You know, Chase Young and, and Sweat, they're gone. Really? And then Jack Del Rio got sideways, and it's it like it, it, it was a mess that he found himself in the middle of with Sam Howe. You're going nowhere slowly. There's only so much you can do, and he did the best he could, and that was that. So, so it's not like he broke away from Andy Reid and he showed the NFL world. There, there's nothing you could show. But, but here's, what happen, here's what happens in these situations, though. For a lot of black coaches, mm -hmm. Skip, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not one that always try to make everything black and white and mm -hmm. versus this and that. We aren't afforded the same opportunities mm. as our counterparts. We're just not. Consistently, you are not. We are not. No. We no. can't go from a Kansas City to a team that is just missed the playoff, so mm -hmm. to speak. We couldn't, we couldn't go from Kansas City to Philadelphia and just, we're not Nick Sirianni. We mm. couldn't get that job. Mm. They're not going to do that mm. for whatever reason. I don't know what the reasons are. It's always, I got to take on Sam Howell. I can't die and go to heaven and Peyton Manning falls in my lap. It doesn't, it just doesn't. It doesn't work like that a lot of the times. So when you look at it, he had no other opportunities that made sense. Mm. There were other opportunities, but the one, I don't want to be a running back coach. I want to be a coordinator. So the one that made sense yeah. was Washington. Yeah. I can go get a running back he, coaching he job. He could have been the quote-unquote assistant head coach, but he was going to coach the running backs. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Because he's effectively not entitled, but he's the assistant head what, coach And here. that's what I try to say yeah. all the time about Decisions that you make, it's not that I can't get a job. It's just that the job that I want, you're not offering me. Mm. You are offering somebody that's less than me, okay? I look at a situation, and it's, it's, it's pretty mind-boggling to me, but I look at a situation, and Anthony Lynn leaves San Francisco as the run game coordinator, as an assistant head coach. Mm -hmm. He now goes to Washington, mm -hmm. Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator. He's the run game coordinator. Mm -hmm. And he runs circles around Cliff Kingsbury calling plays and doing certain things. He was a, he was a head coach for three years in the National Football League mm -hmm. with a long resume, but he got to work under Cliff Kingsbury. 
To me, that's crazy. When I look at it, I'm like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So when Eric decides to take this job, when they announce it at UCLA, there's an opportunity for him to call the plays and do it his way and lead men and teach them opposed to staying in Washington because he was not fired. He decided to leave because it was like, you're demoted well, the if you want to stay. On the wall, but you're demoted. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not staying yeah. here mm-hmm. for this dude who I don't no. even know who they hired as office coordinator, but whoever they hire, Eric Benjamin's resume is better than his, and I don't even know who they hire. At, at Washington? At Washington. Well, it's Kingsbury. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's Kingsbury. Yeah, I'm yeah, tripping. Yeah, yeah. Okay. His resume yeah. is better than Cliff Kingsbury's. Yeah. His resume is better than Cliff but Kingsbury's. His reputation is not better than Cliff Kingsbury's. Because they make his reputation mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Versus the way that they make it Eric Benjamin's reputation. That's all that is. And I like Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't try to sell me a bag of goods and I know better. Now, if you told me, well, we want to run this style offense, yeah. this is the offense that we want to run, okay, that's fine. I, if that's what you think you want to run and you mm-hmm. want to be successful, Dan Quinn, I can understand it. I can buy into that. Mm-hmm. But if you're just hiring Cliff Kingsbury because you think he's a better offensive coordinator than a guy who won multiple Super Bowls mm-hmm. and had a quarterback that's not that good playing good yep. on a bad team, you know, it's a different mm. different conversation now. Mm. All I know is that at previous stops in college football, Eric Bieniemy was the recruiting coordinator. Yes. So you can't tell me he doesn't have a level of charisma and charm and oh, yeah. connectivity. That's why this, where, in my opinion, will yeah. be a home run higher. Yes. For UCLA. Now, I don't know what UCLA going to do with it. I mean, it's UCLA. But in the end, it's a home run high. Is it hard for you to root for people at UCLA? Because you know Deshaun very no, well. Deshaun, right? is one of my, Deshaun is one of my closest friends. Yep. And I'm all Deshaun. I'm not all UCLA. Okay. I'm all Deshaun. I want to see him be successful and succeed at the highest level fast. That's it. Okay. I, I Look, if they lose, I'm like, damn. But if they win, I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know. They can go undefeated until they play USC. And him and I, every time we play each other, we always got a a little wager. Okay, so who wins recruiting battles locally between USC and UCLA right now? Who's got the most cachet? We do. Yeah. I mean, it's USC. Yeah. It's it's, it's an easy, it's, we, we don't need a Hollywood celebrity coach because our university recruits itself. I mean, it's just the reality of it. I'm not speaking arrogantly about the school or nothing like that. It's just USC versus But you do have a celebrity coach. No, we have a a coach that came from Oklahoma in Lincoln Riley. We had a celebrity coach in Pete Carroll. We had a celebrity coach. He became that. Yeah, but but yes. And we had a celebrity coach in Lane Kiffin. We had, no, he's a celebrity coach here in Los Angeles because of his personality. Yeah. And in, in, um, Lincoln's not like that. He's a little more laid back. Chill, no, but I, I understand you know. that. But he came with big cachet because he had. He came. He came with big Heisman, cachet, Heisman, and, and, the, yeah. and the cachet is yeah. what do they call it? The shine is starting to dull a little it bit is. because we can become impatient. Yeah. with certain situations, mm-hmm. and that's just our alumni base. That's what it is. I'm just but, trying to figure out if. If, if, Lincoln Eric, Riley, if Eric and Lincoln wind up in the same living room, who's it, got the it, shot? Yeah. I would still think because of the university, I, th- I think because of the university, for whatever weird reason, it's harder 
for UCLA to recruit mm -hmm. certain types. Now, look, here's what I'm going to say. It may be different now with Deshaun because UCLA identifies, for, for whatever reason, they identify different type of players. They recruit a different type of player than USC. Mm -hmm. And I can only go back to my own experience, and, and ever since then, that's kind of the way it's been. Which is Terry what? Donahue recruited me. Yes. I know it, I knew Terry yeah, very it, well. It, it, God rest his soul. Yeah. And uh, Wayne Moses was the running back coach mm -hmm. and the recruiting coordinator. My roommate, high school teammate, was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the running back mm -hmm. at UCLA. Mm -hmm. Went to high school together. We stayed together. He was at UCLA. I was in junior college. He was very good in college. I'm yeah. the number one player in all of junior college football two years in a row. But I wore an earring. Uh-huh. And Kareem couldn't, Kareem would ask Wayne, Mo, why aren't y'all, what are y'all doing? He's in my living room. We cook and eat together. He said, oh, you know, coach don't like them earrings. He don't like, so wait a minute, man. He didn't. I, I'm never going to not wear an earring when I'm young like that. Mm -hmm. So different type of player. Mm. It's just a different, and that's the way, but it may be holds. different. That may be different now with Deshaun. Mm. The great thing that I saw the other day that just put a, the biggest smile on my face, man, is the UCLA-USC basketball game. I'm watching it. They bring out Deshaun and now say, oh, new head coach, UCLA, blah, blah, blah. He looked like a player. He didn't look stuffy. No. He had his uh, uh, Cuban link chain on. He, did. he had his I baseball cap cocked to the side. It, it, it cool. He had his T-shirt on mm -hmm. with his shirt open. I think he was trying to make a new statement. I here. said to myself, yeah. I said, I love it. Yeah. And I love it because that, to me, signal, signals something to the players that I'm with y'all. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Same thing as Prime. Prime going to be him. Deshaun going to be him. Opposed to Brian Kelly, who got up in front of the LSU crowd <laughs> a year ago. And he became a Southerner all of a sudden, mm -hmm. which wasn't him. You know, no. it's like, oh, God. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up for Deshaun. I'm not fired up for UCLA. I'm mm -hmm. fired up for Deshaun. And if they finalize this Eric Bieniemy deal, I'm fired up for the opportunity that Bieniemy will get to be I'm a, pretty a sure he's, coach in the future. He's going to be the coordinator. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's just not officially announced yeah. yet. So I'm one that just kind of... From what I've heard, it's you know, It's, it's done. close. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. But you know how it goes. You got to sign off and the region's got to make a decision and this is the money and all that. So when you talk about his mystique, he does bring Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I mean, to college football. I love that part cool. because that that works. You, 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 you walk into a kid's room yeah. and you drop them Super Bowl rings on mm -hmm. the table yeah. and you let them know, I also won a national championship mm -hmm. when I played at Colorado. He did. I coached in Super Bowls. I won Super Bowls. I lost Super Bowls. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. That's a different, you know, them eyeballs, them eyeballs pop out. The same thing, Dion, Dion effect. Mm -hmm. It could potentially be that for UCLA with Deshaun and Eric Bieniemy, mm. it could be. UCLA sleeping giant oh, might stop. come back we to go, life. Babe, Here please. we are. I, it's UCLA. I don't know. It's UCLA. They gonna win. They gonna win eight games. They got tradition. They've they've won some. The games. stadium's empty half the time. Now <laughs> well, you just won't. It to... only owes one hundred and two thousand. Okay, right? fill it up. Yeah. Fill Maybe it up. They will get half of get <laughs> yeah. get half of one hundred and two, and then talk know. to me. Some nights I'm looking at your game at the Coliseum. I'm seeing a no, whole bunch of empty was, seats. This year it was a lot of empty seats. <laughs> yeah. Last year we were filled. <laughs>
And then we'll see what happens moving forward. Well, you forward. had the reigning Heisman winner. Yeah, know. but he wasn't, he wasn't winning no Heisman last year. No. That's for damn sure. No, he wasn't. All right. Here come them Bruins. Okay. A.J. Brown calls a radio show in Philadelphia to say he has no problem with Jalen Hurts or with the Eagles. Do we buy that? No As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to recognize Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe was a trailblazer and an icon. Ashe was the first black player to be selected to the United States Davis Cup team and the only black man to win the singles title at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and the Australian Open. In 1975, Ashe beat Jimmy Connors in the Wimbledon finals, becoming the first black male player to win Wimbledon. That same year and more first, he became the first black man to be ranked number one in the world. And in 1985, he became the first black man inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. He was a black star in the white dominated sport of tennis, but he made it his legacy to expand the game within the community. Arthur Ashe's legacy off the court is as influential. After announcing his HIV status in 1992, he became an advocate for AIDS education. He founded the Arthur Ashe Foundation for the Defeat of AIDS and the Arthur Ashe Institute for urban health. In his own words, true heroism is remarkably sober, very undramatic. It is not the urge to surpass all others at whatever cost, but the urge to serve others at whatever cost. The Eagles' A.J. Brown called a Philadelphia talk show to shoot down speculation about him. He told WIP, I have no problem. I want to be here. It's as simple as that. I love where I'm at. It's as simple as that. Next question. He also called rumors of friction between him and quarterback Jalen Hurts, quote unquote, total BS. Keyshawn, what do you think is going on here? Total BS. I'm with A.J. Brown, man. Mm. That's the bottom line, Skip. Mm. It, just because I'm animated on the sideline and I'm using my hands and I'm gesturing certain things and mm. you're walking away from me and this doesn't mean there's animosity. Mm. It just means that right then and there, we're trying to discuss and figure out what the problems are. You may see it one way, I may see it another. That's the bottom line. Mm. But what happens is I always say, and I'll continue to say this, because I've been a victim of it. The people upstairs calling the game brings eyeballs to what's going on in the sideline. When they start talking about, oh, he's mad because he's not getting the football. And look at him. Blah, 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 blah. That's when all the shenanigans starts. Mm. Because the people upstairs was calling the game. Mm. The play-by-play -play and the color guy, they're creating this and having people now focus in on, oh, it must really be a problem. It must really be a problem over there. Do you know how many times people are sitting on the sidelines and discussing something and the cameras are not on them and it's really a heated match? And the cameras aren't on them, so you never see it. Mm. They never say anything about it. Yeah. It's almost like the Travis Kelsey thing with Andy Reid. Nobody brought any real attention to it who was calling the game. So they just brushed right over it. Mm. So it wasn't that big of a deal mm. until several days after when Kelsey's brother brought it up and other people brought it up. And then it became something because they brought light to it. And then it became clear that the, the audio was not going to be made public. Yeah. Okay. So, so there you go. And this ah. is the same thing for A.J. Brown. Mm. When you look at... A receiver, mm. skill position player, depend on all these other positions to do their job, plus the coordinator to call a damn play As for you, you to said. be able to get the football. But when he's 
record-breaking seven games in a row over 125 yards or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. nothing changed with the conversation mm-hmm. that he would have on the sideline. The only thing changed is the people upstairs wasn't focused in on that, mm. what he was talking about on the sideline, because his stat line over those course of those six, seven games was tremendous. And then all of a sudden, there's a dip. And then that conversation is still taking place. The same conversation that was happening in those six or seven weeks is happening in the 11th week. Mm. But the 11th week, because you're losing, it brings more focus and negativity mm-hmm. to the situation at hand. Yeah. That's all it is. Okay. The man is saying, I got no, I want to be here. There's no problems. Mm. But people are still wanting to say that there is a problem. Mm. But the man is saying there's no problem. Mm. If the man is saying there's no problem, there's no damn problem, Skip. Mm. So why do people have to make it a problem if he's not making it a problem? Hmm. Interesting question. Okay, so the first incident that you referred to happened early in the year. Yes. And then he goes on a tear, and he has six straight games, right, of 125 plus yards. Six or seven, something like that. Mm, Spectacular. And then later in the year, it starts to tail off. Yes. And as I said on my podcast three weeks back, three weeks ago, I was told by a very reliable source that he and Jalen did have some off the field issue. I hope they resolved it. I hope it's good to go now. But I was told they did have some issue. And it did seem very odd that at New York in that last game, they needed badly to win because my Cowboys were about to steal the NFC East. He wound up catching one ball for nine yards. But then they said, well, he had a knee issue of some sort. And then they go to Tampa, as you recall, for the playoff game, and he does not play in that game. And they were just, they just stunk in that game because they were done. Mm-hmm. They lost six of their last seven games after they got to 10 and one. Yes. I, I can't remember seeing that in the National Football League, that kind of a losing skid after you get to 10 and one. I just can't remember anything quite like Usually that. It happens in the beginning of the season yeah. and then you catch fire. Yeah. yeah. Was it the new coordinator's fault? I guess so. So now you, you've. It was three coordinators in a season. They did. Two on defense and one on offense. Coach Pencil took over at midseason, took over the defense, and it felt like it got worse to me because it was already sliding, and then it slid into the sea at that point. And I hope that Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio can fix that for their sake, and maybe they will bring a little more voltage and electricity to both sides of the ball. But the point was, I think there was something that happened, and maybe they fixed it. But... Even Fletcher Cox, late in the year, I guess it was just after the year, he's, it sounds like he's done now, but but he criticized Jalen's, just his body language. He said, we need uh, a little more outgoing. We, we don't need so withdrawn because Jalen will just go sit on the bench by himself. And they, they wanted some, at least Fletcher wanted somebody who'd be a little more demonstrative, a little more involved he plays in defense. communication. You yeah. can't change a man's personality no. in the way that he's gotten to, yeah. to be as successful as he's been doing he has. his way. He has, and he got them to a Super Bowl, and they came within a couple of plays of winning the Super Bowl. If he hadn't lost the handle on a play on a read option, where I don't know what happened because he's not prone to do that. You don't talk about uncharacteristic. Uh-huh. He just lost the football. It, it just happened, and it got bad bounced right up to Nick Bolton, who, who housed it, scooped and scored with it. And, boy, that's a hard seven to overcome. And if they don't let Kadarius Tony loose on a 65-yard punt return in the middle they of the fourth quarter, they game. just might win the game. He took it all the way down to the five-yard line and gave him an easy six, seven at that point. But the point is that something – 
was very deeply wrong with this football team. Maybe it's just the defense was way overrated because it was so torchable. I told you going into this season, I, I didn't like the way it was playing when they got to 10 and one, because I kept coming in here pounding the desk saying they are gettable, that they, they are, uh, uh, they are teetering. And then they teetered and went into oblivion because they lost six out of seven games. So the point was, there's something deeply flawed about that, but the ownership decided it wasn't the head coach that needs to go. We just this need year. two coordinators. This maybe, year. maybe you're right about that. This year, yeah, they didn't want year. to do it this year. No, no. But you no. know, maybe they do it next year maybe or they after do this it. season. Okay. Well, if it's if it's next year, that means they're going to have a, another bad to off year, right? They might. They, they just they, might. They might. It, it, yeah. it certainly would suggest, based on the way that they ended the season, that. They don't look so great, but they brought in two experienced coordinators. They did. When they had two inexperienced coordinators. They did. Now they got experienced coordinators. I mean, the one they and, replaced with, I mean, the, the you know, Patricia is very experienced. Yeah, but, but you're not, is he? Was he, better yet? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. He was experienced when he was standing next to Bill in New England, and I've but he wasn't experienced when he was in Detroit. You don't think Bill... Called those defenses. You don't think Bill had huge input into what Who was don't? going on? Oh, come on. Well, Who that's don't? what I said. Oh, you mean when yeah. they do the hiring? Yeah. Come well, on. Come mean, on. Stop. Hey, man, it is what it is. They. That's why the hiring practice with mm -hmm. the NFL general managers, presidents, and owners is so flawed. Because they believe what they want to believe when they want to believe it. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand you got your inside sources, and so do I. And people tell us things that sometimes we just keep in our back pocket. There's going to always be mm. confrontation. Mm -hmm. I don't want a team with, without confrontation. Yeah, I'll buy that. I want to always have yeah. some confrontation. Unless it's you have good. an issue off the field that is just so that's bad. A you if usually when you have an issue off the field that's so bad, somebody's got to go. And that's not the Agreed. case between these yeah. two. I don't think it is. No, I don't think yeah. so. I don't yeah. think it is at all. Well, if somebody's got to go, it ain't going to be the quarterback. I can tell you that. But it's not at the level that people may want it to be. There's no issue like that. Yes, did, did A.J. Brown want the football more? Who the hell doesn't want to touch it more? Does the quarterback want to make better throws? Of course he does. Yeah, but we're talking way beyond that. Of course yeah, he does. That's, that's just irrelevant. That, that's just what happens. from. But the that people don't understand. Yeah. You're not going to fall in love with everybody mm -hmm. in the locker room. It's not going to happen. I want a championship with Warren Sapp. I dealt with him when we were on the field. Very seldom did I deal with him off the field mm. because we don't, our personalities are just different. <laughs> we're just two different people. I know. Nice guy. Good, good dude. I ain't gonna, I, if, he's, if he's standing on the street corner and need a ride, I'm not going to pass him by. Mm -mm. I'm going to give him a ride. But in the end, I'm not calling him and, hey, oh, man, what you doing? I'm in town. Let's go to dinner. I just don't, that's not who I am. Yeah, Dion just hired him to coach. No, that's okay, yeah, but his relationship with Prime is better than my relationship with him. That's good. Like, I probably wouldn't hire him as a no, coach no. because my relationship isn't like that with well, him. Well, a lot of people have had Where issues. Where Derek Brooks, yeah. I'd make him my defensive coordinator yesterday. Oh, so it's a different... So I'd it's, make him my head coach. <laughs> it's, a, it's just different yeah. the way you deal with people. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And A.J. Brown is saying there's no issue. Why can't we just believe that and keep it moving? Yeah. Why do we have to try to crawl through the, through, the, through the weeds mm -hmm. to find an issue. Yeah, one quick last point about Warren Sapp. 
He could <laughs> flat out play. I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, could he play? Yeah, I tell people in a heartbeat, man, one of the best D tackles I ever played with. But probably the best D tackle I ever yeah. played with. You want to talk about slither? You want to talk about being good. able to just figure out how to get up underneath? And, he was and just damn game. annoying, but he was he good. He was annoying. Yeah, no, I, I got it. So what's your gut feeling on how good the Eagles? Do you think they'll bounce back to be championship contender? They're going to be ch- ch- a championship yeah. contender? Yeah. They'll be championship contender. Yeah. I don't be, think they'll, so. They'll, they'll be. I, I think they're going to have problems. When you make the playoffs, you're a contender. Yeah, okay. They're going to be a playoff team. As a wild card? Doesn't matter. <laughs> they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah. All right. Y'all only won the division because they didn't play well down the stretch. Six out of seven. They handed Y'all, and it even, to even, us. even if they'd have won two of the seven, Absolutely. they win the division. They do. No, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. And y'all backdoored into it we and then wind up losing. And we got exposed. That was a waste. We did. You could have gave that to Washington, let we them win the division. Let them have it. I agree. All right. Speaking of those Dallas Cowboys. Up next, I'm going to tell you why I cannot see Jerry Jones signing Derrick Henry. Let's see what he says. Once again, your turn. Hashtag undisputed live. Here we go. First tweet. Matt Wood says Keyshawn Johnson of fans are running on the field. That's funny. Jim Carrey in the man. His fans are running. Yeah, you're, you're ducking and darting. You're. Oh, okay. You're letting I, them I run by you, under you, around you. Yeah. I and mean, you're not caring. I, I, not that's really. not the Keyshawn I know. No, that's I, not true, Skip. I, I, I don't see Don't that. touch me I, and we're good. I, I think somebody would accidentally touch nah, you. No, I wouldn't get mad at you. Just fire on them. You know the difference between an accidental touch yeah. and some wild fan who's been drinking all night long at tailgates running on the field. You know the difference. Okay, but a bunch of college kids who have been drinking all game long, running head pell-mell at you, I just don't think you would stand still for it. All right, next tweet from the Fro Stones. Micah at the Celebrity All-Star Game realizing this is the closest he's going to get to a Super Bowl trophy. I cannot argue with that. You never know. No. If he goes to, to Washington with Dan Quinn and free agency or something, <laughs> okay, you just yeah, never know. There, you never know. Touche. Finally, from Coach Edwards, Duke's player, quote unquote, avoiding fans running onto the court. Yeah, that's from Seinfeld. Just, it was a flat out blatant trip. Never seen quite it, like it, that. It's so, it's so amazing to me <laughs> because it's Duke and everybody's going crazy now. Like I said, what if it was Boise State? I think they're going crazy anti-Duke because he said it was personal and it was yeah, but I get, aimed I, at him. And, and no, no, he started. He initiated. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, okay, so the Duke people, I would yeah. say the Dukies are the ones who's going crazy. Okay. That, it's just. All right. Man, stop it. Okay, back to the, the biggest team on earth, the Dallas Cowboys. Forget about Duke. <laughs> Lots of speculation about the Cowboys going after Derrick Henry in free agency, a move that our man Michael Irvin has pushed for on this show. But Keyshawn, can you see Jerry signing Derrick Henry? Only if they keep Pollard. Mm. If they keep Pollard, then I can see a change of pace. Who is a free agent? Who, who Tony Pollard is a free yeah, agent. You know. so, but what's those numbers, right? Tony Pollard yeah. made north of $10 million on the franchise tag this year. Yeah. So... Are they going to pay him north of ten million again? Mm. So if you're paying him north of ten again on a non-tag, and you bring in a Derrick Henry, 
Derrick Henry's probably going to be close to that, close to that 10. It's got to be. He's going to be close to 10. And so now you 20-plus on two backs, not including the other four that you already have under contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. That wouldn't be my first choice. My first choice would be Saquon Barkley. If he becomes free and the Giants don't bring him back, that's my first choice. Mm. Numbers-wise, with Saquon and, and Derrick Henry, they both rush for about 68 yards a game. You know, I like to round it up. I'm going to say 70. They both had double-digit touchdowns. They both touched uh, yards per touch was about 4.5. Mm -hmm. Receptions a game, Saquon's about three. Derrick Henry's about one. Mm. Saquon's a better uh, uh, receiver out of the backfield than Derrick Henry. He can still put his foot in the ground and go to distance. He's still a, a goal line nightmare, just like Derrick Henry would be. Mm. And if he gets behind the offensive line at the Giant, I mean, of uh, the Cowboys, Saquon Barkley might be the same guy you saw his rookie season. You know, that's, that, that's the way I see it. If I'm looking at the backs, and I, he would be the first one of these backs, because I'm not going to get Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is going to stay with the Raiders. Antonio Pearson, they're not letting him go. Mm. So... If I'm looking at these free agent backs, it's Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs, yep. Austin Eckler, Tony Park. I mean, you start getting into Zeke and DeAndre Swift and all those Singletary. And I'm looking at Saquon Barkley. Mm. Not only do I take him away from the Giants, I got a legit dude that can catch the ball out of the backfield mm. and can run between the tackles and on the perimeter. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with Tony Pollard. I was the biggest fan. He got hip drop tackle and, yeah. and it just tore up his you leg. You said he was better than, than Christian McCaffrey. I, I did because he was. He put up better numbers than Christian McCaffrey a year ago. I would, t I would have taken him, but he never got right this year. He lost some of his burst. He had his moments, but it just wasn't the same. He wasn't as explosive and electric as he was going back two seasons ago. So I'm pretty sure they'll let him go. But it is not Jerry's way. He has never been one to commit whatever you say it is, 10 million, 12 million, whatever it is, to Derrick Henry as a 30-year-old running back. It's just not Jerry's style. He wants to build it through the draft. And, I can understand you know, that. Yeah. And so I, I just this story caught my eye this morning in USA Today because the combine, as we know, is starting as And we deals speak. are done at the combine. No. Okay, but but my point is. USA Today ranked the, the top draft sleepers at the Combine, and the first three were running backs. And their style is they go get one of these kids in the second round or the third round or however. I don't know how much they value them, but I'm just going to throw their names out. Isaac Garindo, running back out of Louisville. He goes 6'1", 225 pounds. And I look at his numbers. They were sensational. They were quietly sensational. Then I look at Isaiah Davis, a running back at South Dakota State, six foot, 220 pounds. And I look at his numbers. They're off the charts. And then I, that, I don't know how to pronounce his name exactly, but Dylan Lobby, I think it's Lob or Lobby from out of New Hampshire. When I, I watched the senior bowl and he kept catching my eye because he had a good game. He's 5'10", 207. My point is, you can see Jerry would argue with you. You can just go start over, start the, the clock over on one of these. You can go get one of these kids, second round, third round, fourth round, wherever you you can steal them in the draft. And you yeah, can you say you don't have to take I, running backs high. Yeah, you know, but but you, then you don't have to pay them high either. Right. You can start them back on a rookie contract and you can say, remember, 
they got to deal with CD and they got to deal with Micah and they still got to do redo DAC and, and see but if they the can. But the one thing that you don't have yeah. is veteran leadership. Okay. Okay. You don't have somebody who's been there and done it. But we've never had that oh, in this reign, in this run that we're in right now. We don't have what that. What run? Well, that's what I'm saying. What that's run? why. You said run. That's why. That's no why run. Michael Irvin, I keep saying, I say, Michael, we need a you in the locker room and there is no you in the locker room right but they, now. But skip, though. Yeah. You act like these things are bowler M&Ms. Like you can just no, grab them. It's can't. not like that. But you need Ain't one. Ain't no damn Michael Irvin walking through the building. One. Just because they wear one. 88, they're not All right. him. Okay. I don't think Saquon is him. I've said from the start. Saquon oh, is like overrated. Saquon is the equivalent to me of the home run hitter in big league baseball who leads the league in strikeouts every year and hits 220 because he'll hit you some home runs. But if you look hard, look, look at what he's done against Dallas. So let's just keep it to Dallas. Okay. <laughs> Dallas hadn't sniffed a Super Bowl in 30 years. Do you realize Saquon Barkley just on his own is 0-10 against Dallas? 0-10. And he's had 200-yard-plus Skip. games. 200-yard-plus, and he's gone seven straight Giants. games. Seven straight Do games without one. you know who that quarterback one. went through? Okay. A, a, come on, man, stop. Okay. So here, let's go back to 2018. He went for 109. Guess what he had in the middle of 109? He had a 68-yard run. In 2019, he went but for 120. He had a 59-yard run. You're talking about a defense okay. in, a, in a conference, I mean a division, yeah. that know the opponent. Yeah. You can't look at your success rate against the Giants and say, yeah. well, we don't want any Giant players because look what we did to them. You so can't do his, that. his first 100-yard game against Dallas in 2018, if you take out the 68-yarder, he averaged 2.6 yards a carry for the rest of them because that's what keeps happening. He'll have a lot of zero and one-yard runs, and then every once in a while he'll get loose. So I, that's not what I want. I, I, again, I got spoiled by Emmett Smith because he will gash you for six yards and eight yards and six yards and eight yards. I understand. I was educated yeah. very well at a young age by one of my coaches, a longtime coach, because yeah. I had a teammate mm. who had just rushed for 1,300 yards, and we were trading him away mm. to go get Curtis Martin. Uh-huh. And I said to Bill, I said, Bill, why are you trading him? He said, don't you worry about it. You just block. And I'm like. <laughs> just block. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're going to love this guy. Mm. But I played Curtis is cool. Right. Right. But eight, six, six, six five, eight, six, eight. Six, eight. I know I get, it. I know and, it. And so. Because he's a real live running yeah, back. Yeah, I yeah, get it. Right. I get it. But, yeah. but. Saquon Barkley is still young. Okay, but why, why do we young. need to take him away from a team that we own? I, I don't know. Like, You're not like taking I, him away. Okay. You're getting better yeah. because right now you don't have anything. I just haven't seen You want Deuce Vaughn to be your starter? Deuce Vaughn, no. I, I want him to be my cherry on top this year, and he did not live up to that. Well, but, uh, look, man, yeah. here's what you do. You take a run and a look at Saquon. Mm. If you don't get the deal you need with Tony Pollard, you grab a Saquon. Mm. Or if you're smart and you really want to, because Jerry said all chips push to the middle of the table. He sure did. Go sign Derrick Henry and Saquon. Mm. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> He's not going to do that. You, you know. Well, you I ain't know. trying to win a championship. If you ain't okay. trying to push everything to the center. I know, but where you push to the center is for CD and Micah and Dak, right? Oh, so five years from now. Mm. Well, so I, I'm with you. I, because I everybody it. says, well, you can't pay this person to pay that person to do this and that. There's a team out here called the Los Angeles Rams. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is they paid everybody. 
And then people say, well, they, they, it came to bite them. No, it didn't. They traded picks. They got rid of picks. They did. They, 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 they got rid of picks. And yeah. they said, we're going to now trade everybody to get those picks back and rebuild. And then he, they went and found Puka in, what, the fifth round? Yeah, he was a higher. Something happened. Yeah. I think he got hurt or something. Yeah. But he was a higher prospect than <laughs> where they found him. But they still. Well, that's how you beat the system. But they still yeah. was able to find that mm -hmm. gym and beat yeah. the system. Okay. But they still got that quarterback, right? Yeah. yeah. They mm. got the quarterback. But they gave up all those picks and they, they still did. paid the quarterback, paid Jalen Ramsey, paid Bob Miller. I could go on and on and on about what the Rams did. Yeah. And everybody screamed, oh my God, it's going to come back to bite them. No, it's not. It didn't. If you not do yet. what you're supposed to do. Okay. Up next, Russell Wilson says he wants to win two more Lombardies. But for which team? Two more parties, On the I Am Athlete podcast posted last night, Russell Wilson said he wants to win two more Super Bowls. He hopes he can finish his career in Denver, but he added, you also want to be in a place that wants you too. When Russell Wilson was asked where that might be if it's not Denver, he said, honestly, I haven't thought about that. Really? That's hard to believe. So, Keyshawn, where do you believe Russell Wilson will play next season? See, I have no idea, Skip. Mm. I can say that. I can say I haven't thought about it. He can't say that. <laughs> he can't. And this Agreed. Is, and this is the reason that people, I don't want to say attack. Um, oh, God, there's a word that I'm looking for. Mm. But this is... They kind of ridicule him, mm -hmm. kind of like go at him because of stuff like that. Like, oh, I, I have no idea. Well, come on, man, stop. Like, you, you, because you, you're trying to sell me something that we already know it's been on your mind ever since Sean benched you. How could it not be? How could it mm -hmm. not be? Mm -hmm. Just say, I don't know what city I want to play in. I just want to win. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that everything comes off as fake, phony, not real, yeah, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so this is where he gets himself kind of in trouble. How about just say, man, I got to get back to winning football games, damn the Super Bowls, because mm. you're a long way based on your play. And I like Russ. Russ has only been nice to me, and Sierra's only been nice to me every time that I've been with them and mm. around them. Yeah. They've been nothing but pleasures. But at the same time, I got to be honest. Yeah, He didn't have his best two years in Denver. Mm. And, and, and Sean Payton didn't like it. And he decided, I'm going to bench him. And they're probably going to move he, on he, from they, him. They wanted him to sort of adjust that $37 adjust, million Yeah, guarantee. but there was nothing he could do to adjust that that made any sense for him. No. And I wouldn't have done it either. Mm. Damn the organization. Because if I come to you and say I want more money, you're going to frown up at me, but you want money back. Never mind. No, you gave it to me already. I ain't giving you your ass nothing back, mm. period. Mm. Now... It won't be in Denver, in my opinion. It'll be somewhere else. What's a fit? Right? What, what, what's a fit? Is it Atlanta as a bridge guy? Is it Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin? Is it the Raiders in the same division and Antonio Pierce? Like, I'm just trying to think of teams that need quarterbacks mm -hmm. that could potentially sure. be in a position. He played better last year. He did. But didn't play great. And a lot of this, and, and I think people don't realize, man, the amount of pressure that comes to bear when you're a guy like Russell Wilson. Mm. And what I mean by that is, Skip, 
You forced your way out of Seattle. Now you're in Denver. Your expectations based on the money that was given to you is through the roof. And with those expectations come a lot of pressure, mm. a whole bunch of pressure. And he said, he's in the NFL, he's Super Bowl, he's a future Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. He ain't never faced this type of scrutiny and pressure before. And when you ain't faced the type of scrutiny and pressure, everything has been on easy street, mm -hmm. it's been a cakewalk, and everything's yeah. been pretty. Yeah. You don't know how to handle that and make that adjustment. Mm -hmm. and on top of that, you're married to a superstar who's constantly in the public eye. Mm -hmm. Now you're being scrutinized by other people for being married to her. Then you change your look. They scrutinize you because all of a sudden you went from one look wearing clothes to another look wearing clothes. And people just own you all the time, all the time, all the time. And pressure would burst a pipe. Mm -hmm. We may not know how he feels internally inside. Yeah. But I can guarantee you he's feeling a lot of pressure from a lot of different angles yeah. that ultimately probably affects the way he plays on the field because of the money, yeah. because of the situation he put himself in. And now he has to live up to that. And then on a constant basis, Sunday mornings, they're talking about you. Monday afternoons, they're talking about you. Thursday mm -hmm. nights, they're talking about you. And it's just a lot. Yeah. And he may never want to admit that, that that's a lot to have to live up to. Think about how many, and you covered this stuff since the mm. 60s or something, something crazy, mm -hmm. the 50s, maybe even the 40s. <laughs> how many quarterbacks in your time covering has gone through what he has gone through since the end of Seattle and arriving in Denver? Think mm. about that. Yeah, it's a lot. Some of it's self-inflicted, to your point. Whether it's self-inflicted yeah. or not, yeah. there's not a lot of people that go through, have gone through. Troy Aikman mm -hmm. didn't go through this. Mm -hmm. John Elway didn't go through this. Peyton Manning didn't go through this. Tom Brady didn't go through this. I'm talking about guys that have been at the top of the game in their careers mm -hmm. and have moved on to a team. Joe Montana didn't go through this when he went from San Francisco to Kansas City. Mm. He took him to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, Joe Namath struggled at the end when he came out. But Joe Namath, when Joe Namath was guy. never Russell Wilson. No, I don't give a damn what y'all want Joe to be. He, he wasn't Russell Wilson. He had one moment in the sun, and it was in the sun, and it was some moment. I'm the biggest fan. <sighs> okay, you know Sean Payton. I know Sean Payton. I believe he's done with Russell Wilson, and I don't blame him because I don't think Russ is his cup of Gatorade or whatever you want to say, and he inherited him, and I think he tried, and he tried, and then he finally said, I've seen enough. They had that one moment in the sun on that, was it a Thursday night at Buffalo when, when Russ played pretty well? He yeah. played pretty well in that game. All right, so it's intriguing to me. You brought up three possibilities for landing spots for him, and Russ definitely has thought about these three possibilities. But these three coaches he said are, he did. You know, <laughs> these three coaches are Mike Tomlin, Raheem Morris, and Antonio Pierce. That's who you just brought up. And from what I know, those well, I three, and, and, and you, you know two of them very well. Obviously. Actually, I know all three of them. Yeah, very I know. Well. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You know. That they know what Russ is and is not, and they're going to say there's a little phoniness going on here. Because every time I hear Russ talk, I think this see, is but, like this delusional happy talk. What, what is see, this? But see, yeah. this is what I just yeah, said, though, I Skip. You see yeah. what happens? Yeah. And, and, and by him just I saying, 
What he said like, like, about not thinking about it, yeah. that's phony. And then, then he, he brought up in the podcast, he said that Pete Carroll, he says, texted him several times the past season to say, I still believe in you. Well, well, Pete cut bait. I mean, at, at some point they just said, okay, we've seen enough, and they let him go, right? Yeah, but that, but that doesn't yeah. mean that well, Pete doesn't believe in no, him. I, I, I just don't believe you just, for me. Uh, I don't that's know. That's all. I don't believe in you for me. Yeah. I believe in you for him, but not yeah. for me. I still say, like, Arthur Blank might even overrule Raheem and say, we, we just need Russell Wilson because he's a gator But you got to remember, yeah. you got to remember mm -hmm. one thing about this, and we're getting ready to pay some bills because yes, he's in my ear are. telling me to yeah. go, is that he's there, whoever gets him, getting him on a pack of cigarettes and a, a, yeah. in, in a bag of chips yeah. for nothing. Okay. And I'm sure he can still play he can fairly play. well. He can yeah. play. Yeah. All right, up next, worst game last night. Steph's one for ten from three, or James Harden's two for ten. Oh, Yikes. God, I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Down. Steph Curry went one of ten from three last night as the Warriors lost at home by 16 to Denver. James Harden went two of ten from three as the Clippers lost at home by 16 to Sacramento. Who had the worst game, Steph or James, Keyshawn? I, I would say Steph. It's hard to say. It's one 10, two 10. But I would say Steph mm. because I, I can't remember ever saying, man, Steph had a bad three-point shooting night. Mm. Gosh. Because I, I, you remember that other than early in his career, he, he was building some houses with some bricks. Mm-hmm. But James Harden has had streaky shooting has nights. It. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's Oh, you think it's Steph. I think it's because Steph. he's a better shooter than yeah, James. So he, I don't ever remember coming to work and saying, man, Steph shot the ball bad. Yeah. Not in a long time. As you know, I'm not a James Harden fan. Yeah, I know. Paul George could not go last night. I understand. And so I thought because they have been rolling, and I thought James will take up the slack because you still have two stars, and you, you know, like he you, missed you, some some threes that I would deem as layups for him. Okay, wide open, yeah. he missed them last night. Yeah, two of ten. He was four of thirteen. He did get to the free throw line, unlike LeBron James, and anyway, made ten out of ten. I can't talk. Yeah, back to the start of the show. Okay, that is it for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow Ooh, at 9.30 Ooh. Eastern, and I can't wait.